Welcome to Pet Lover Geek, powered by Pet Hub, pet lovers. I'm Lorian Clemens, and I'm one of the pet-loving geeks here at Pet Hub, and we are celebrating Lost Pet Prevention Month, an annual event where we partner with other pet industry organizations to drive deeper conversations around all the lost pet prevention and recovery strategies out there for pet parents. Did you know that one out of three pets in the United States will go missing at some point in their lifetime? Or that only 17% of dogs in shelters are returned to their owners? And sadly, only 3% of cats in shelters make it home again. Here at Pet Hub, we work with a variety of animal welfare organizations to create custom licensing tag programs that help lost pets get home faster without ever having to enter the shelter. This saves organizations time, resources, and money. For the past four years, we worked closely with the San Diego Humane Society in California doing this very thing. And we're so excited today to be talking with Jerrica Owen. She's the Director of Strategic Initiatives at San Diego Humane Society. We're going to dive deep into what modern pet identification and licensing looks like for pet parents and how it can make their lives easier, how it can help them get their pet home faster in the event that they become lost. So Jerrica, welcome to Pet Lover Geek. I know we've had you on the show before, but I really can't wait to dive in and hear the latest news coming out of San Diego Humane. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you all today. As you know, uh, Jerrica, San Diego Humane Society is one of the largest shelters uh, in the country, and it's actually one of the most beautiful facilities I've ever seen. And you get to work with so many other shelters nationwide through really innovative programs that are really exciting. And I want our listeners to hear more about that. So could tell us a little bit about some of the magic that takes place at San Diego Humane. Yeah, San Diego Humane Society, we're a very large organization. In fact, we're one of the largest shelters in the entire United States. So we care for nearly 50,000 animals each year, and we have a 140-year history here in San Diego. Uh, San Diego Humane, we're an open admission shelter, and we're committed to creating a more humane world by inspiring compassion and advancing the welfare of animals and people. We really care about both ends of the leash. We do work with other shelters through a variety of different ways. Uh, We have a coalition in our immediate area that is made up um, of a group of organizations. We all come together. We collaborate. We also have a lot of great uh, relationships with rescue groups in our area. So we support each other in a lot of different ways. We definitely help each other out when it comes to the needs for transporting animals, um, educational opportunities, the sharing of resources, and sharing of innovative ways that you know we're working on some of our programs, um, our return to owner program, um, you know taking services into the communities. Uh, so we really we partner with a lot of different organizations uh, locally and of course nationally and even internationally on things like a disaster response and that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. It's a very magical place. It is. It's amazing. And I think what's incredible about been working with you guys over the last four years and certainly been watching you for even longer than that is how you really are helping to drive that innovation throughout uh, the industry. And I'd love it if you can talk a little bit about what changes and advances that you've seen in shelters, specifically in pet licensing, because that's the primary relationship that we have with you at Pet Hub. But those big changes and innovations that you've seen over the last 10, 15 years in animal welfare. 
tremendous advances in the last 15 years in so many areas, you know, from shelter medicine, uh, advancements in behavior and uh, technology to support the behavior of well-being. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, the my favorite is the advancement in reunification. So in multiple areas, you know, from the grassroots, getting out into the communities, um, all the way up through the, you know, high-tech technology um, and so we're committed to operating a comprehensive lot pet, lost pet reunification service uh, to really, you know, we work to successfully reunite pets with their owners um, for licensing specifically in the last 15 years. Although the laws have remained consistent, the reunification efforts that we're committed to have really advanced uh, social media platforms that did not exist 15 years ago, uh, facial recognition technology, streamlined lost and found reporting. So the community has a really quick way to, uh, you know, report their missing pet or to post a found pet. Um, you know, texting and emailing. And then, of course, the amazing technology, uh, the QR code specifically, that we're so thankful for, Pet Hub, and having to, you know, having created this technology for us um, really en enables the public to license our pet in a really um, unique way and support those reunification efforts for getting those pets back home. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that, because a lot of what we, we've learned here at Pet Hub is, is about the misconceptions that surround pet licensing across the country. And I mean, I know you can specifically talk about San Diego, but a lot of it applies everywhere. So I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about, you know, pet parents are like, why do I need to license my pet? Or I didn't even know I needed to license my pet. What, what, what is all this about? So fill us in a little bit. Yeah, so licensing, um, you know, depending on where you live, licensing is going to be uh, required by, by the law. Um, it it really helps to identify your pet in case they go missing. Um, you know, licensing also provides proof that your dog has been vaccinated against rabies, which is why it's required in most uh, municipalities. Um, so in addition, it also it really helps uh, to relay important health information about your pet should they go missing. Um, if they end up in our care, we're able to quickly pull up the record of your pet and know which vaccinations they have had. Um, and we're able to see that robust medical history if we have it. You know, collars can fall off and microchips can wander around the body. So really having a robust identification system for your pet is going to be the most effective way at a successful reunification um, and hopefully avoid having to come into the shelter. Yeah, and that that's actually a bang a drum that we bang all the time here at Pet Hub that it's it's more than, you know, you wouldn't ever sit in a stool that only had one or two legs. You want something that actually has multiple legs, multiple things that are helping you keep support on that. So talk a little bit about that because we started the whole conversation of Lost Pet Prevention Month because everybody was focused on microchips, microchips microchips. And we realize it's more than just microchips. We've got to talk about more. So I'd love if you can talk about those steps that are involved with all that multi-layer of identification. We've already mentioned a couple of them, but if you could kind of talk about from your perspective, what are those different identification things that, that you think pet parents should be looking for? Yeah. I mean, sadly, like you mentioned, the data says that one in three pets will go missing in their lifetime. And, you know, one in 10 um, will be reunited. So that's a really low number. We want to be able to help make sure that as many pets that go missing can get back home. Um, the reason for a multi-level you know, identification system is pretty simple, right? Collars, like I said, they can fall off um, and microchips often can wander. Another thing is that you know, microchip scanners are not always easy to find. 
um, or that it may be, you know, not at a time where a local vet office is open. So it would be amazing if we had microchip scanners, um, you know, right next to the doggy bags uh, throughout the communities. And San Diego Humane Society is actually working on a community scanner program. Um, but there is, you know, it's not always easy to find those microchip scanners. So by having multiple types of identification on your pet, it's, it really helps support uh, reunification. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, I too, I mean, I don't know if you're, I, this is probably I'm throwing one out, uh, curveball at you here. I know that licensing can also support more than just identification. It's also from many communities, it's it's a fundraising source for keeping the shelter operations going and, and um, other parts of licensing. And so I would love it if, if you can talk a little bit about that, not just even necessarily from San Diego's perspective, but other things like beyond just the identification, like what are those core reasons that you would need to license a pet in order to help the community? Yeah, I mean, two things come to, to mind. You mentioned that it is revenue generating. So by paying um, you know, a required fee for your vaccination and for your license, um, whether that's your municipality, your government, your city government, um, a lot of times, you know, licensing is required by law in most jurisdictions. So it's the city government that is uh, using that licensing income, um, you know, to help support that maybe their contract with the shelter or help support, you know, pro. Uh, animal related programs or really any program throughout your community that really, you know, uh, keeps the money in your community. Another one is that it really will help. Um, you know, if you get into a situation where you, maybe somebody found a pet and decided that they wanted to keep it um, or, and they never reported it as lost that, you know, having that identification that links you to your pet is really helps to support that um, that pet is your pet. Right. On a legal basis. It's like, yeah, I licensed this pet with the city or county or whatever. I mean, we've definitely seen that case, those cases coming through Pet Hub lost, uh, lost calls for sure. There's a lot of really important reasons. And you had another one? It kind of goes to speaks to all of that, but the um, animal protection and public safety, you know, by ensuring that the pets are um, vaccinated against rabies and in order to get a license that's required, you're, you're really ensuring that you maintain the public health, um, which we know is a, a huge concern on different areas right now, but um, that it, it's really, you know, helping that whole community, the whole health of the community. Yeah, it's part of being a conscientious pet parent. And, you know, to, to, to my way of thinking, it's the same as being a human parent, which I'm, I'm both right now. And oh, well, forever, I'll be both. Uh, it's, you've got to do what you need to do to protect that animal, but also to protect the world around you with vaccinations and, and things like that. So it's really important things to do. Now, I would love it if you could talk a little bit about, you know, lost pet recovery. And one of the statistics that occasionally you hear thrown around all the time is most pets are found within a mile of their home. And I know for a fact that you guys have actually done a little bit of research on that. And I'd love it if you could talk about that that idea that most pets are actually close to home when they're lost. Uh, yes, we recently heard that, um, that, you know, most pets are found within a mile. And I got curious and I said, I wonder if that, how that holds up for our organization and our community. So we ran some data and we found that 52% of dogs and 53% of cats who entered our organization as a stray and were reclaimed by their owners were in fact found within a mile of their home address. So for our organization specifically, that equals 3,000 animals that could have skipped the trip to the shelter um, if they had some sort of easily identifiable, identifiable um, identification system on them. And it's safe to say that, you know, any pet who has, 
even just one type of identification on them will help to reunite them with their owner. Yeah, external identification, it's it's so critical, especially for animals that are going to be outdoors a lot, whether they're in a backyard or whatever, but any, any of those animals that have easy access to the outside, indoor, outdoor cats have to have identification on them, external identification on them. But we, we say here at Pet Up, never let your pet go naked, ever. They should never be without a collar and that external ID tag because it is the fastest way for them to get home. And chances are they're going to be close to home when they're found. That's how they get home super duper fast. Now, I love I love the stories that you guys have on your platform to share about the reunification um, of animals, which I, you've, you've, been in, you've been around for a long time. You have some wonderful stories, but there's a particular video that, um, about a kitty cat uh, named... Mufasa, which gotta love the name from uh, Lion King, but I would love it if you could share that story because it's one of those stories you hear about. You go, whoa, wow, that's amazing. I'd love if you could share that story. Yeah, absolutely. I do love the name as well as a uh, both human parent and pet parent. It's, um, it's a great name. So a family who lost their cat, whose name was Mufasa, uh, while they were living in Arizona five years ago, um, really had quite the story to tell. So uh, they were living in Arizona, and their kitty went missing. They gave up hope, unfortunately. Um, they ended up having to move to Oklahoma City and really, you know, had, had given up all, all hope of finding Mufasa. Well, fast forward a couple, five years later, and in January, someone turned Mufasa into San Diego Humane Society. So we used the cat's identification. We used his microchip to find his family. Uh, the dad immediately flew out and was able to reclaim Mufasa and rented a car and drove all the way back to Oklahoma. The family was so happy to have their kitty back. Um, and it really just goes to show you that, you know, identification is absolutely key to successful reunification for Mufasa, uh, for any of the pets that, that go missing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about external ID tags, but the microchip is a core safety net that every animal must have and never give up hope. Keep the information up to date. Even if you move, get on the registry for your microchip, get onto one of the free registries for a microchip uh, and and put the information down there. Never give up hope because we do. We hear stories like Mufasa's where it's years later. Of course, we won them home in five five minutes, not five <laughs> five days or five years, but keep never never give up hope where can people find that video and other great videos about what you guys do uh you can look on our we at san diego humane we have a facebook page we have an instagram we also have a twitter account so uh and it's all linked through our website sdhumane.org uh please check us out there's lots of cool videos we also have a youtube channel as well um so lots of you know really heartwarming stories and by the way mufasa is the most beautiful Bengal cat. And I, it's such a cool looking, isn't it a Bengal? Is that what they're called? Yeah. He's a Bengal. I didn't mention that. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I, I, I actually think that's why I like it so much. Cause he's such a beautiful kitty and, and Oklahoma city, which, which is my hometown, believe it or not, born red and raised in central Oklahoma. So that was also a nice tag there. Well, I hate to say, uh, goodbye, but, um, I would love it if you can also just, if, if they want to adopt a pet from you guys or anything like that, if you can tell them a little bit about where they can find out more information about that, things are a little bit weird right now with, uh, our situation. So I'd love if you could give a little bit of information about that too. 
Absolutely. So we were lucky. We were never able, we were never forced to close our doors. Um, things definitely look a little bit different right now. We've got an uh, appointment system for all of our services. Um, we also are operating some really um, innovative and unique ways to bring services, whether we're uh, drive-through operations or curbside pickups. Uh, we are still adopting out a ton of animals. We adopted out 50 in one day from one campus last weekend. Wow. It, it's amazing. This whole uh, pandemic, while really unfortunate, has you know, really required our shelter specifically to kind of reevaluate and look. And we had to pivot quickly. We've been successful in doing that. And all of our adoptable animals are on the page. All of our services are on the page. Uh, we have a lot of really um, unique services that we offer. We have, um, you know, a wildlife center. We have a kitten center. So you definitely check out our website and hopefully we'll see you soon. Wonderful. I love the facility. So make sure if you're in the San Diego area, make sure you go visit them for sure. Jerrica, thank you so much for visiting with us today. Speaking here for everyone at Pet Hub, I can honestly say that working with San Diego Humane is one of the joys um, that we have. And it's we're always so excited to get to work with your team and come up with new innovative things to do with you. So really love having you guys uh, as part of our a part of our pack. Remember that throughout the month of July, we've been talking to experts from across the pet industry about lost pet prevention and recovery. Make sure you visit lostpetpreventionmonth.com where you'll see more resources and tips to help you get your pet home safe and keep them safe at home. Until next time, I'm Lorian Clemens and you've been listening to Pet Lover Geek powered by Pet Hub.